And so I have set you as watchmen on the wall. I've said in my word to watch and pray. As you draw near to me this week, you will see and there will be a greater revelation in your ability to see and even to pray. Watch and pray. This is what I say. For I will send out alerts to you, even as the very weather sends you alerts of rain here and rain there and rain everywhere. I will alert you, my sons and my daughters. You are my watchers. And so shall you be alerted. Some in the night season. Do not dismiss when I call upon you. For I sought and am looking for a man and a woman. Who will stand in the gap. And who will make up a hedge. You have not come into the kingdom to coast and to draw back. You have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And so put your spiritual antennas up. And see what the Lord will say to you. And look unto him. And he will anoint you. And show you how to pray. Sometimes who to pray for. And so shall the alerts come. Unto you. For you have been found faithful. And I'm looking for faithfulness in this day and this hour. <laughs> so answer the call. Answer the alert. <laughs> Don't dismiss it. Just like you dismiss some things on your devices. Don't dismiss when he calls. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> That's right. Be a first responder. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's lift our hands and praise Him for a minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, much, many good things have happened in the past, in past generations, in past prophetic ministry. But it's now a new season, says the Lord. It's time to learn from those that have gone before you and pick it up and say, here I am. That's what it is. <laughs> Answer the call. Answer the call. <laughs> if you are going to answer the call, say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> Think through my mind. Pray through my heart. 
Here I am. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. You may be seated, but don't be seated on the inside. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, say it with me, for the Lord is good. And His tender mercies are over all of His works. Praise God. And so when we talk about prayer and we're in this this season right now where we're we're on kind of like a little partial fast where you know whatever you're you know cutting off for the week praise the lord and we're setting our hearts and our focus on the harvest right for lives to be changed for people to come to Christ and of course uh, they've put together a wonderful, wonderful in- invitation there. How many of you have passed out some invitations already? Yeah, awesome. I had the opportunity to pass out, I think, four already. And if I would have had more, I would have done more. So I've got to take some more home with me. But here's the interesting thing about it. It's amazing, you know, when you're just going about your day and, and you're doing what you're doing, whether it be at work or Riding bard or working out or whatever the case may be, the Holy Spirit will lead you. He will lead you. He he knows the person that you should give that track to. And invitational evangelism is one of the greatest things we can do as a church. Invite, invite a friend. And if you don't have a lot of friends around you. Invite somebody that looked like they might be a friend. <laughs> Amen. And so that's, that's a really good thing. So we're, we're setting a heart toward that. We're, we're, we're moving into a prayer encounter tomorrow. And then Sunday's Palm Sunday. Amen. Amen. If you want to bring some palms, it'd be great. Take your coat off, whatever the case might be. But uh, it's going to be good. And then Sunday night, we're going to have all church prayer. Amen. And we're believing God. We're believing God for uh, families to be restored. For hearts to be mended. There's a lot of brokenness out there. Even in, even in Christian lives. Even in Christian families. A lot of, there's a lot of brokenness out there. There's a lot of things that need to be mended. Mended. And He is the restorer of streets to dwell in. He is the restorer of paths to walk in. He is the restorer of families. He is the restorer of relationships. He can take something that has been broken for years and He can mend it and He can put it back together again for He is the restorer and He is the healer. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's pray right now about that. Amen. Let's pray for families to be restored. And along with that, along with that, amen, comes people being restored that have been backslidden. Amen? People that have gotten away from Christ, people that have have just gotten so uh, confused by the spirit of this world and the spirit of this age. How many of you know that God loves them? And His hand is upon them. And not only that, I believe that He's wooing them in. That he's calling him in. Not just back to the church, but back to him. And not necessarily even back to this church, but back to a place of fellowship with him. Amen. Amen. Unto him be glory. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. So let's set our heart to pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Stir yourself up a little bit. Praise the Lord. Start out with some praise. Amen. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray for the prodigals. We pray for people that have just gotten so deceived by the spirit of this world. But Lord, we know that your hand is upon them, that you love them, and we love them too. And so, Lord, we lift up our voice in one accord. And we pray for the prodigals, the sons and the daughters, to come from afar. The sons and the daughters to come from the pit. Glory to God. Back into fellowship with the Lord. We Hallelujah. 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 And Lord, we thank you for families to be put back together, for families to be mended. Hallelujah. Uh, and for those that need to, to swallow their pride. Hallelujah. And come to a place of forgiveness so that they can come to a place of restoration. Glory to God. A place of restoration. So we cry out, Restore, O Lord. Restore, O Lord. Restore. Restore people. We think of what the psalmist said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, for I am called by your name, O Lord. Amen. So we thank you for wonderful, wonderful restoration in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So let's talk just a little while tonight about intercession, and we'll pray a little bit more before we go. Intercession begins by understanding the heart of our Father God. Many people have the wrong image of God. Millions of people see God as a destroyer. They see God as their problem. They do not see a good God. They see a God to be afraid of. But when you look at the gospel... And you feed on manna from heaven, you see that the gospel is a gospel that is based on the love of God. Amen. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible is John 3:16 and verse 17. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Amen. So what is it that motivated our Father, who is love, to send Jesus? Well, it's because He loved the world. Amen. His attitude wasn't, well, you know, I love you, but you got yourself into this mess, so go figure it out on your own. Aren't you glad He didn't do that with you? Thank God he's a compassionate God. And we see that Jesus expressed, the, he was an express image of the Father. And he was moved with compassion over and over again as he healed the sick, as he fed the multitudes, as he raised the dead. He was moved with compassion.
And somebody says, well, that's Jesus. Well, you're one with him. And he's one with you. For he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So the same compassion that he was moved with has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. We have the capacity and the ability to be moved with the same love that Jesus was. And I love that. Amen. And so the love of God is not shed abroad in your head. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart. And so when we talk about effective prayer, effective prayer is never prayed from your head. It comes from your heart. Because we'll all run into situations and circumstances and people and the enemy will come along and bring a thought, well, they don't deserve mercy. They're not ever going to change. Don't waste your time praying for them. We know that's the devil talking. Amen. But the love of God compels us to cry out for mercy. Oh, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews 7 verse 25, it says that Jesus ever liveth. He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Amen. Woo, glory to God. He ever liveth. You know, when he rose from the dead and he was seated at the right hand of the Father, he just entered into another phase of his ministry as our high priest, as our advocate, as our shepherd, as our mediator between God and man, and as our intercessor. I'm so glad that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and He sees each and every one of us in what we're going through and He's praying for us. I'll receive His prayers anytime, any place, anywhere. And you are one with the great intercessor. And so as you give your life and you yield to a spirit of prayer, you will see that His love and His compassion will well up on the inside of you. You will see people the way He sees them. Not from a bony finger, pointed finger, and being judgmental and condemning to people. You will see them as the precious fruit of the earth. Amen. Amen. You will see them as harvest. Oh, I love it. So what does intercede mean? Intercede means to intervene between two parties with a view of reconciling differences. Intercession defined means standing in the gap in prayer between a person or persons who have provoked judgment upon themselves. Think about that. I remember Brenda telling the story when she was 16 years old the Spirit of God would come upon her and intercession would, would not take over. She would yield to intercession at the altar. They had a beautiful altar there in Skeety, Oklahoma. I was there. And uh, she, I know when she was just a teenage girl, they would have altar calls and they would come to the altar Sunday night and she would get lost in the Spirit and she would be praying and praying and praying and praying for her husband-to-be. And she knew that her husband-to-be was going to be an ex-drug addict. And she told her sister about it. And her sister said, well, where are you going to find one in Pawnee County? In Pawnee County, there were basically just cowboys and beer drinkers. 
They didn't have long hairs and hippies there like many of us were. How many of you saw the Jesus Revolution? Well, I looked like some of them, even worse. But anyway, she began to pray and pray. I was 20 years old at that time. I was right at the peak of my addiction. There's no doubt in my mind that she was praying for me. That she was standing in the gap. And she was coming against evil spirits that literally wanted to take my life away. Oh, but for the mercy of God. And thank God for obedient vessels that will pray out the plan of God. She didn't even know me, but she knew she was praying about someone. Well, I'm someone. Thank God for that. Amen. So I just use that illustration just to say to you, never underestimate the power of prayer. You see, God's not looking so much for our ability as He is our availability. And that's why the Spirit of the Lord was exhorting us tonight, if you will, to be watching and praying, to be alert, to be alert, to be available when those alerts come. Amen? Oh, thank you, Lord. So in one sense, then, intercession is a prayer to hold back judgment. How about Abraham? We look at Abraham in Genesis 18, verses 16. It says, And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Now that's covenant talk right there. Abraham was in covenant with God. And God said, I'm not going to hold back any secret from my covenant partner. Well, did you know that you're no less a covenant partner than Abraham was? If ye be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. You have a covenant with God, and He will reveal to you secrets from that secret place that you need to know so that you can go about your prayer life in the perfect will of God. Say with me, I have a covenant with God. Now notice with me, it says in verse 18, Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Oh, glory to God. Why did God tell Abraham his intentions? Well, he had a covenant, but he knew him. And that is quite a compliment. God said, I will know he will do something because I know my covenant partner, Abraham. Abraham was the friend of God. And I believe I'm looking at a whole congregation tonight, our friends of God. Amen. We're sons of God. We're heirs of God. But we're also friends of God. Say it with me real strong. I am. I'm a friend of God. And so the Lord knew that Abraham would stand in the gap. That he would intercede. Abraham did not want judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. In verse 20 it says, And the Lord said, Because the cry, everyone say cry, 
because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous. Is there any uh, doubt in your mind that the sin that is in the world is very grievous? It's gross and it's getting grosser. And he said, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. Now, I want you to pay particular attention. In verse 20 and verse 21, he mentions the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, we don't have this on the screen, but the Amplified says, And the Lord said, Behold the shriek of the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is exceedingly grievous. The shriek or the cry. You know, the Bible mentions quite a bit about different kind of cries. There's the cry of faith. Let me quote something Smith Smith Wigglesworth said. He said that there is something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get one to one person who is in faith. I like that, don't you? And so what does the cry of faith do? The cry of faith brings God on the scene. The cry of faith invokes a blessing. And the word invoke there means to call forth, to put into operation, or to bring about. Oh, glory to God. You know, if uh, I'm asked, or if Pastor Tom is asked to bring the invocation on a meeting, what that means is call the blessing in. Speak the blessing over the meeting. That's an invocation. Amen. But you see, sin also cries out to God and it brings him on the scene. Rather than invoking God, sin provokes God. It provokes him. The cry of sin provokes and and, and absolutely opens up a door for judgment. And there are certain people, and I won't mention them. Brenda will track with me on this. But many years ago, I sat at lunch with one of the well-known prophets of the land. We're sitting in his ministry headquarters, and he pointed to us with laser-like blue eyes. It would just go right through you. It was Brother Copeland. And he said, so-and-so is the judgment accelerator. And so there are people that are judgment accelerators. There are people that are in cooperation and they're so yielded to evil spirits that they don't even oftentimes even know about it. But as a result, judgment is being accelerated. There is a judgment coming. Amen. Amen. But what we want to do before it comes, we want to stand in the gap. I said, we want to stand in the gap. And what we want to do is we want to cry out for mercy. We want to cry out for rain. We want to get the harvest in. I said, we want to get the harvest in. Amen. Before some real, real serious things start to happen. And before it gets too serious, saints, we're going to be out. I thought you'd get a little bit more excited about that. I said before it gets too serious, we're going to be out. Amen. 
Glory to God. The trumpet's going to sound. You and I are going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. So the word provoke there, I thought I'd make you happy there for a minute. The word provoke means to incite to anger, to stir up on purpose, or to poke. So sin provokes God. And it calls forth wrath, and it calls forth judgment. In verse 22, it says, And the men turned their faces from thence, and went toward Sodom. Now notice, but what did Abraham do? Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? I'm telling you why this earth hasn't been destroyed yet is because you and me. We're salt. We're light. We're preservative. So he stood before the Lord. He drew near to the Lord and he put him in remembrance. Amen. I want to say this to you. Not only did God know Abraham, but Abraham knew God. And so these famous negotiations began. In verse 24, it says, Peradventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? <laughs> Notice this. That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Woo, man, that's, that's some conversation right there. And the Lord said, okay, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within this city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And so Abraham went to 30, said, okay, for 30. He went to 20. He said, okay, for 20. And he went all the way down in verse 30. He said, oh, Lord, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak peradventure, he said, 30, verse 31, 20, verse 32. Oh, not let the Lord be angry, I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure, there be ten found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. How many of you know there's more, ten, more than ten of us in the Bay Area? Amen. Hallelujah. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communion with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Think about it. He got all the way down to 10. I submit to you, if he had gone down to 1, the Lord would have done it. Why is that? Because of his covenant with Abraham. Amen. God is so merciful. And he does not want people's lives to be Destroyed. Are you listening? John Wesley said this. He said, it seems as if God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. He's limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. I think we ought to be a little better at asking than we've been. That's why he tells us, ask of the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Amen. And so we know that God does not, do not delight in seeing people receive judgment. Micah 7, 18. Let's read that together. It says, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? 
He retaineth not his anger forever. Why? Because he delights in mercy. If God really wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, why did he go down and talk to Abraham about it? Because he takes no delight in the death of the wicked. Ezekiel 33.11 says this, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? So we see then that God's will is for people to repent and to turn from their wicked ways and receive the life of God. Amen? And so really, the only hope for judgment to be averted is for someone to stand in the gap and to make intercession. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30 and 31, he says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them. I've consumed them with fire of my wrath. Their own way I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. So we see in these verses that God himself sought for someone to stand in the gap. But he couldn't find someone. But thank God he's found you. I said, thank God he's found you. And he's found me. And he's found not just a saying church and not just a word church, but he's found a praying church. Amen. He's found a church that will yield to the Holy Ghost and that will stay stirred up in this hour in which we live, stay stirred up and built up and be sober and be watchful and to answer the call to prayer. You know, the Muslims, a devoted Muslim is very, very committed to prayer. Very committed to prayer. They pray, what, three times a day? Three times a day. Now, their commitment is absolutely to have no avail because they're praying to a dead God. And yet, they have the lifestyle of faithfulness and the lifestyle of commitment. They put a lot of Christians to shame. Because I think sometimes in Christianity, people are looking more for what they can get out of God than cooperating with God and letting God be God in them and through them. Now, I'm not talking about you here, and I'm not talking about anybody in mind, but it's very true. I believe this, that as a church, we need to come up. We need to come up. And we need to stir up. And not just depend on the prayer of a faithful pastoral staff and a few committed people that will pray fervently. 
God is calling each and every one of us in this church to fervent prayer. And I can tell by the look on some of your faces that you need a little fire. Amen. And the fire of God is available to those who will call upon the Lord of glory. Amen. And it's not just something that you do when you come here to watch a preacher that's on fire or a preacher's wife or whoever's in the pulpit. No, no, no. That's not what it's all about. It's about you rekindling the embers in your own home. It's about you fanning the flame during the course of a day. Somebody says, yeah, but you don't know what my day looks like. You don't know what God can do in your day if you will put Him first place. And if you will stir yourself up and you will rekindle the embers. Now, here's the problem oftentimes. People will say, I just don't feel like it. Where in the Bible does it say you have to feel like it to be available to pray fervently? Now, don't misunderstand me. I like the feelings. I love the unction. I love the glory of the Lord upon me and upon us all. Understand. But I'm not waiting to feel something before I open my mouth. I'm not waiting to feel something before I pray for you every day or consistently. Amen. Matter of fact, there's some days where I wish you'd all just come over to my house and pray for me. (laughs) And I'm sure that you've felt the same way. But we need to go beyond walking by sight and walking by feelings because it is faith that opens the door to the supernatural power of God. And it's praying in faith and it's praying in zeal and it's praying in fire that bring revival fires right into this house. Amen. Somebody said, I'm here. I'm ready. And I'm stirring myself up. Oh, man. Now, if you live by what you see, you'll kind of be like John G. Lake was over in South Africa in Johannesburg. He was over there, and he's looking at all the villages out there, and and he was looking at all of the lights in the villages, and he said, Oh, God, how do we reach these people? How can we reach these people? And here's what the Lord spoke to him. The Lord spoke to him these words. The church is which is my body. That is how you will reach the people in the villages. And he asked him again. And he said, the church, which is my body. And then he asked them the third time. And the Lord said, the church, which is my body. And so what he realized is the power to reach these people would be made possible through the prayer of the saints. Amen. I'm going to say it again. The ability to reach those people would be made possible through His body, through the body of Christ, and through the prayers of His saints. 
He knew that there was a generator up the river and it was producing power to hundreds and hundreds of tiny villages. Well, did you know that our prayers bring power? They bring revelation. They bring light into dark hearts. We know that Satan is the author of darkness. He blinds their minds. But our prayers bring them light. We've got prayer power. And our prayer power pulls power down to where it's needed. And if there's one area that is super needed is the San Francisco Bay Area. There are some people that look at Brenda and I like, why would you want to live in such a dark area? I'll tell you why. Because God is God. And God is light. And in Him, there is no darkness at all. We're not meditating on the darkness. We're meditating on the God who said, let there be light. And we're standing in the gap and we're looking over the cities. We're looking over the villages. We're looking over the people and we're pulling the power of God down by giving ourselves to prayer and interceding for the harvest that's to come. Stand up, everybody. Glory to God. I need some help up here. Praise the Lord. I need some music. I need some folks who will stir themselves up. Thank God we've got a divine helper. Save me through his body. The church of the living God. Woo! Glory to God. So let's pull down some power right now. Amen. Well, power's everywhere present. Let's just about five minutes. Praise God. Let's pray for the harvest. Amen. I'm going to ask Brenda to come. Amen. Glory to God. Just start speaking in tongues or do something. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just go like this. I stir myself up in the name of Jesus. I stir myself up. Glory, 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 glory. Just go ahead and lead us in prayer. Just go ahead and lead us in prayer. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the help of the Holy Ghost. That's what I was looking at is Romans 8, 26. The Holy Ghost comes alongside us right now. We thank you for the helper. Oh, he gives us divine utterance. We yield ourselves. Oh, we thank you, divine helper. We thank you, Holy Ghost, for giving us utterance. Let the rivers, let the rivers flow. Let the rivers flow. We let the rivers of living water. We let them flow. We let it flow into the Bay Area. Oh, no, 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 We're not accepting that. This is not a dry, barren place spiritually. No, no, no. We let the rivers flow. We let the rivers flow. And wherever the river goes, there shall be life. There shall be life. There shall be life. Oh, we send life.
life. We send life into those communities. We send life. Lord, we are. We here we are. Here we are. Here we are. We are carriers. Carriers of the life of God. Oh my my my. We are Kesembereta. We are Tanrobo Shobreta. And we will namasipata. No, no, no. We will not be lulled. We will not allow ourselves to become dull spiritually. No, 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 no. We see our assignment. We accept our assignment. We know who we are. We know whose we are. We know what we have. And we use our God-given authority. No, no, ni paseto. No, tapasabrato. No, ni pasibrato. We will not be asleep in harvest time. No, 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 no. Ya pakita. Alirero de basopreta. Li padrika shandelere de de motoreta. Lerere de basopre. Ya pakasibro. Ya pakana no no te basatara. Ya troshambalata. Yielding. Yielding ourselves. Yielding ourselves. Oh, fatare majaya. Thank you for people coming to you, yes, Lord. Lord, Lord in the midst of darkness, we pray in the light. We pray and in we the light. say, let there, be light. let there be light. Lord, even as these fracts are being passed out, even as there is much preparation this week in the realm of prayer, we prophesy over this Bay Area the light of God. Let there be light in Jesus' name. We come against hardness of hearts in the name of Jesus. We come against spiritual blindness and we declare that the eyes and the hearts are being enlightened. Thank you, Jesus, for So we shall hurrahs at the harvest. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, obviously, you know, these kind of prayers need to be prayed over and over and over again. We got a good good little start on the week. Amen. We're going to continue to contend. Going to continue to move in the Spirit. Amen. So I want to encourage you to stir yourself up a little bit. If you haven't joined in yet with us, make sure that you get the information so that you can pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.